Is it possible to connect with anybody at all and have a conversation that enriches our lives? I'm Andrew Reese, and welcome to the experiment. This is Hello Stranger. Each episode is a conversation, nothing more, nothing less, with someone that is or used to be a stranger. I am so excited for you to hear this conversation with Raj. I met him at a dinner party he threw for 40 complete strangers from the Yes Theory community. Here's what you're in for. I work at Priceline, so it's a pharmacy, uh, and it was just uh, it was this guy. He was he was like 20, 24, 25, uh, and he needed the help with like shaving cream or anything. He's like, dude, it's your first time I'm shaving. And I'm like, no way, like you're 25, it's the first time you're shaving. Uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've never touched a blade before. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. So we we're talking about blades during work for a solid 20 minutes. And then I was like, hey, like he worked in the same center as I did. And I was like, do you want to like match up with breaks and we'll go grab a coffee or something? Which to a normal person does sound a little bit strange. Right. And if it was said to me, I'd be a bit like, oh yeah, maybe. But no, we, we he ended up agreeing and we ended up going and do. He's so awesome. I think some people get caught up in a bit of a bubble of where everyone's okay with the friends and groups they have right now that we kind of forget that um, I think we have kind of forget to socialize with other strangers. And when you actually get out of that bubble and you see other stories and experiences from other people, you see how cool and beautiful it is. I'm going to pass over to Gab for a quick disclaimer and then we'll get right into it. If you want to listen to a super entertaining, brief podcast, this probably isn't for you. But if you're ready to embark on a journey to see the world through the lens of a stranger, hello. I had like this other conference online thing I was attending this morning. And I just felt kind of tired and I got your message. And I was like, oh, should I just like can it? (laughs) Who cares? Doesn't matter. And I was like, Oh, no, nah, let's just get into it. Let's just do one, see what goes. And, and I don't really know how this will picture it from here, but it was just an idea. And I, I just kind of felt like rolling with it. Yeah, too. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Let's, let's get into it. And like, welcome, dude. Let's do it. I'm, uh, I'm really stoked to have you a part of this. I'm really stoked I rocked up at that party you threw. And that's that kind of so fun. Yeah, dude. So that, was, that was so much fun. Uh, that's where I thought we'd start, and we'll just see where we end up. But yeah, of course. Um, yeah, man, let's let, let's go there. So, how did I even hear about this party? I've been a part of the Yes Theory Sydney group for a long time, and I've wanted to be more engaged. And I think I just wanted to check the group once, uh, and it was a couple months before you actually threw the event. And there was just this Facebook event for this party. And I was like, oh, wow, this is kind of cool. And then I followed it along. The day changed. And I was like, will I show up? Well, not much up. And I was actually hiking uh, somewhere like far away that morning. And I drove home quickly, like rushed. Um, had a quick shower and then drove out like an hour to your place. And I rocked up. And dude, honestly, when I rocked up, I saw five or six people. And I thought, I thought all right, babe. Oh, five six people were. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Because I, I walked into the li- the kitchen, so I didn't see outside. Right? Oh, right. And then I walk a little bit further, and yeah. I see that we're about to get started. I walk outside, and there's like 40 people outside. Yeah, And it man. just blew my mind. And from that moment on, man, like, it's, it was my favorite, one of my favorite, for sure, nights of the year so far. Just seeing everyone connect. Hey. And thank you. Like, yeah, man. It was it was really special. Thank you. No, it was, it was, um, it was cool. Because I only joined the group in January. So the whole idea of how I came up with it was um, one of my best friends, girlfriend, um, <laughs> they did something, yeah, they did something really cool for me in January. So I thought I'd do something really cool for them. So as a way of saying thank you to them, I took both of them to a park. I didn't tell them what I was going to do, but I set up like a, it was like, it was nighttime. It was a really cool park with like a whole skyline view. And I set up a whole, table like a romantic table with a candlelight dinner and everything and i just let them to do their own thing uh, and the next day it kind of strikes me i was like hey what if i do this with like 40 people just like yes theory did um that's when the idea came through and i was like hey like may as well just put the idea out in the group of if if anyone wants to come to my house and i'll turn it into a restaurant and just see where that goes um 
And I was expecting like six or seven people to say, yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um, and I come back. I, I don't usually check my Facebook. And I come back after two days and it had 73 comments. And I was like, whoa. And it was like 60 people saying, yeah, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll come, we'll come. Um, final day, we had about 40, which was insane. We, me and um, Uri was one of the people uh, that agreed to come. Actually, I think you invited Uri. Uri was invited through you. Right, um, because I, I saw the, he had the Facebook post, right, on the big Yes Theory um, yeah, yeah. group. He posted about going out and giving people roses on Valentine's Day. Yeah, her And, dude, I just happened to check my Facebook at that exact point in time. And I was like, whoa, this is so cool. I want to connect with this guy. And then, yeah, I, I invited him along. And then he ended up doing most of the cooking. And that and was his dad around for his cake. That was yeah. such a crazy, lucky decision. Because um, you invited him, I think, the day a day before the event. Yeah, um, about a day before and, the event. And he hit me up. Yeah, a day before the event. He hit me up and he was like, hey, man, like if you need any help with cooking, my dad's a professional chef. And I was like, dude, I am freaking out about cooking. Uh, so we called for like an hour. He told me what I can do. And I was like, dude, I'm still feeling lost as hell. So he's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. I'll meet you in the morning. So we meet up at 10 at Coles. Uh, he's helping me shop and everything. And I'm like, dude, maybe we should just call this off. This is a bit too insane. Uh, luckily enough, we didn't. And he comes to my house at 2 in the mo- two, um, 2 p.m. And from 2 to 7.30, he was cooking in the kitchen by himself. And I had never met him before. It was insane. Yeah, I, I, I like love, I really love the fact that people that don't know each other help each other for no reason. And I think it's something that would be good to see more of in the world as a whole. Oh, and I feel like oh, the Yes Theory community is a really good example of this. Oh, yeah, wow. so yeah, man. Such cool yeah. people, man. Because I, I, I just love the whole idea of it. And, and you know, uh, I mean, we're trying to play all these different games with apps on, on our phone and we did like heads down, thumbs up, which I hadn't yeah, done in, yeah. in years. And I, I remember when I was in, uh, for the fun of it towards the end, I would tap a few people and we were just trying to see <laughs> if we could tap almost everyone just for the sake of confusing people. But yeah, that was, that was really exciting. How was, how was the experience for you? in terms of what you expected kind of waking up the morning of and being like, Oh shoot, how do I make this happen? As opposed to, you know, when we were wrapping it up and it was like 2am. It was, it was stressful. I was fine up till uh, the day before. Um, it was, it was going all good, but the day before was when we had a lot of the problems because we had to hire about, about eight tables because there were about 40 people. And uh, right the day before, the person who was meant to supply me the tables ended up cancelling on me. Uh, and he was like, oh, he had a double booking with someone else. And he's like, hey, man, I can't, can't give you the tables anymore. Um, so that, that luckily enough, my neighbor was able to give me, I think she gave me like 12 of her mini tables, which was really cool. And then the whole thing was actually meant to be done in the front yard. It was meant to be like a whole restaurant set up, but then it was thunderstorming on the day. Uh, and then that's, that's when all the freak out happened. Luckily enough, Woody, man, Woody came to the rescue. He was so cool. I uh, made him run back to Woolworths, back and forth, grabbing <laughs> tablecloths, food, pasta. We ended up buying like 10 kilos of pasta, which was insane. Uh, yeah, no. the day before was when I had a bit of a freak out. I was like, oh, it's 40 strangers. I don't know. Because I like, knew it yeah. happened at a point. I was like, man, like, what if I get robbed, bro? Luckily enough, I talked myself out of it. Um, but I think majority of the part, I was okay with it. Even on the day, it was pretty cool. Because I had a couple of my friends uh, beforehand and Audi was there. Everything was going pretty smooth. I was a little bit worried when everyone started arriving, though. So I was like, man, like, what if this doesn't, you know, live up to the expectations or anything? Like, I don't want 40 people going home saying, oh, man, that sucked. But no, no, like, once it, once it started, uh, once you, you came with a good personality, you came in hugging everyone. Um, yeah. So that was awesome. Like, you really lifted up the mood quite a bit too. But I know, man, like, once, once everything started going on and everyone was getting along, that's when I was like, man, like, okay. Like this was this was successful. This is fun. Yeah, that was that was so cool because I remember walking in and 
being kind of unsure how to react. And I thought, all right, I'm just going to hug people for the sake of it and see how they react. <laughs> and then people, some people seemed a bit awkward with the hugging, but uh, it just felt like I was able to, I mean, I would always prefer to go in for a hug and just set that as the norm and then mm. just have that norm carry through. And people were just so friendly. I mean, I was having so many conversations. I've, I've, I'm still friends with people I met from that. Yeah, and dude, it was so cool. Yeah. Like I told myself that I was going to leave by 10 p.m. 11 latest, but I ended up staying till around 1 a.m. Yeah, 2 a.m. was like 1.50. Yeah. I was surprised. So yeah, many you people know, stayed up till then. Like we had a lot of people up until around like 1 o'clock in the morning. What, why do you think people enjoyed it so much? Because people clearly did. Everyone loved it. What do you think it was fun? Was it that made people enjoy it? I don't know, man. It was just um I think it was just a different concept, an idea like no one no one's kind of been to a gathering or like a party like this where you know no one. I think that's just a it's it's, it's an intriguing idea because there were like there's there's there were so many stories that day. We, we, it's forty different people. I don't think anyone's ever had an experience or a chance to go and party with 40 random people. I think that's so intriguing. That's why people, people are able to show up and be like, hey, this is, this is actually pretty cool. I remember your talk as yeah. well, man, like at that point where we had like 10 of us just on that, on that table to the left and we were all just listening to you about your, your uh, experience with guest theory and the, the future of you, which the American, I don't want to like say it on the, podcast just in case it's as well like you say so whatever yeah yeah oh your your trip that you're planning to do um in the states where you go uh, state by state without any help i was like man like yeah thank god this guy came dude i i felt so honored to be there uh it's funny because i've done some events and stuff myself and so often i kind of go into this mode of whenever something is happening like that or, or not like that because i've never been to anything quite like that before but i'm often the one instigating it the one making it happen and so to just rock up and be like all right cool like you know you have it under control and, and you and kind of everyone that was really helping you and i was just able to sit back and absorb it and take it all in and yeah man the thing that came to the most was just how much you cared like it was really clear for me that you just really, really wanted to make a difference to everyone that rocked up and to help them have a really cool experience and connect with each other. And it wasn't about you at all. It wasn't like there was no selfish interest. It was just you just wanted to give and, and love people and, and just like help them. And I found that really cool and really humbling. And I felt really inspired the next few days just going back to how I live my life. Because it was it was really remarkable. Thank you, thank you, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, where where do you think that that comes from? I guess that spirit of just helping others and making a difference. Because I mean, you'd agree with me, right? If I said that 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 kind of thing is really important to you and how you view life. All right, let's get a let's get a bit personal. I, I think it's more so um, past the past couple of years. My my high school life was a little bit tough. Um, yeah. so first I went to an all, all boys school from year seven to year seven to nine. Uh, and then I had to move really far away from where I lived. So all my school friends were like friends from my primary school. So I ended up moving down to where I live now in the hills. In high school, I was a massive introvert, like really, really bad. Yeah. Um, funny story about that. I was okay with talking to guys. Like that was fine. Whenever it was a female, man, like I'd have a mental breakdown. Uh, if a girl ever smiled at me, man, like that was it. Like shut down road. Yeah, I was I was really shy at this point. There was this uh, even this this teacher, female teacher in one of my classes. Um, she was naturally really intimidating. She was super nice. She's one of those really passive aggressive people. And I was this bad at talking to females every time she do like a attendance call, I I couldn't speak to her. I couldn't say, oh, I'm here because it was a female. So I just put my hands up and be like, yeah. Um, dude, it was, wow. bad. it was so bad. 
And I think that's that's where it kind of comes from because in high high school was a little bit tough because it was really tough for me to make friends just because I was I was really shy to say things. And I think just because of that, seeing how people can sometimes go through that, I just kind of want to. I think that's the whole message of seek discomfort is and the yes fam is just try to help each other get to another place and make it all easier. And that's what I kind of wanted to do with 40 strangers. If it's, it, it's hard to make friends today, like to go up to a stranger and become good friends with them. I just wanted to create a place where 40 randoms could come together and you walk, you walk out with 40 different friends. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Cause you know, I, I went through a bit of a journey as well uh, when I was younger, moving from Canada to Australia and then moving elsewhere in Australia again after being there for two years. And so I went through a lot of different schools and a lot of different friend groups. And I was also really shy uh, to some degree in, in high school. I kind of started breaking out of it maybe in year 11 and 12. But uh, yeah, funny, dude. I could always speak in front of big groups of people, always do speeches, but one-on-one smaller interactions i was really shy and i think that's part of the reason why i so love people in conversations now because when i started breaking out of that i started kind of some of the time i would say good morning to people as i walked past them on the street and say or try to make eye contact with them and i found that a lot of the time people would not react too well to that. They'd either ignore me or they'd give them some sort of a negative reaction. Mm. And I thought, wow, what, what kind of world do we live in that we progress so much as a society, but we still don't have that community aspect. Mm. And so I think that's, that's why it's so important to me. And, and yeah, I mean, you know, like for me, uh, the final few years of high school and kind of the first year or two out of high school was really really hard personally. I mean, I kind of went through a lot of stuff with um, my family and family situation and where we were at. And I guess it's almost um, those kind of negative events, so to speak, that made me really think about my life and grow as a person. So I think it's really cool that you took your environment of high school and almost the normal environment of the world nowadays where it can be hard to connect with people, hard to make friends. And what you formed was a really inclusive environment where anyone could come. Didn't matter what their age was, or they mostly young people. Didn't matter like what type of people they would normally hang out with. It was just such a wide group of people, and everyone just got along. Everyone clicked. So, and I think that's really beautiful. Yeah, I, I, I just think that's really beautiful. And I feel like if the world was more like that, like in a macro and a bigger picture that you know i'm not saying everything would be magically fixed Mm. because it wouldn't but when you in my opinion when you have that environment of connection as a foundation it's so much easier to then build things on top of that to go out and make a difference so yeah like it's just a totally different environment and how would you compare the environment i guess that you had on that evening with the environment in your day-to-day life and your day-to-day reality of, of your friend groups and, and normal interactions you have? Is it very different or have you kind of slowly bridged the gap, would you say? It's actually, it, it's, it's different to an extent. Um, I think it's a, it, was, it was significantly easier to really talk to people that were in my house, like strangers, because everyone that came uh, definitely had a similar goal that night it's to just make more friends with random strangers so i think that did make everything a lot more easier with talking to them and uh spilling up friendships whereas um in day-to-day life i think it's a little bit tougher just because you don't know the ideals or values of a person when you just randomly walk up to a stranger say like a coffee shop but i i, I have done that a lot and you get a lot of mixed responses. Well, you know, like it, it just random you, strangers. No, you sorry. Just walked yeah. up to random strangers at the, uh, yeah, you've just walked up to random strangers at coffee shops before and said hi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Um, and walk, walk, walk me through like, some of the cool interactions and stories that have happened off the back of that. Some are really cool. Some are really cool. And then some, you obviously don't get the response you, response you expect. Um, my best, best one though, 
I would say was at work. Uh, I work at Priceline, so it's a pharmacy. Uh, and it was just, uh, it was, this, it was this guy. He was really cool. He was, he was like 20, 24, 25. Uh, and he needed the help with like shaving cream or anything. He's like, this is your first time I'm shaving. And I'm like, no way. Like you're 25. It's the first time you're shaving. Uh, and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I swear I've never touched a blade before. And I was like, dude, that's awesome. So we we're talking about, we we're just talking about blades during work for a solid 20 minutes. And then I was like, Hey, like, I think you're pretty cool. Like, do you want to, like, he worked in the same center as I did. And I was like, do you want to like match up or breaks and we'll go grab a coffee or something? Which to a normal person does sound a little bit strange. Um, right. And if it was said to me, I'd be a bit like, oh yeah, maybe. Um, but no, we, we, he ended up agreeing and we ended up going and do. It is so awesome. Now we end up making, meeting, you know, breaks like at least twice a week when we're both working. And oh, it's just so cool. And we've been doing this back it's and a forth. a random for, customer, right? The yeah, random yeah, yeah. customer. That's and we've so been cool. doing this back and forth for about eight months now. He's so awesome, man. It's wow. So cool. What about him kind of intrigued you or, or made you want to become friends with him? He's just, um, he's a lot like you. He's a very bubbly person. And he was just so, I just found it really cool on like what basis we came friends on. Like a 25 year old who's never shaved before getting advice from a 20 year old on how to shave. Yeah, I just thought it was really cool. No, he's, a, he's an awesome person, man. Awesome person. I love the idea of meeting friends anywhere because I guess it can become easier when there's a d- deliberate environment like the dinner that you threw. But it's like almost like people feel that there's these kind of unspoken rules like, oh, if you're working at a job, you couldn't just become friends with someone, the customer mm-hmm. or, oh, no, no someone has to kind of meet this criteria for you to become friends with them. So I think that letting go of the rules and just being like, oh, here's another person, then we're kind of connecting. Like, let's let's hang out is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think, love that uh, so much. Wow. I think some people get caught up in a bit of a bubble of where everyone's okay with the friends and groups they have right now that we kind of forget that... um I think we've kind of forget to socialize with other strangers. And like when, when you actually get out of that bubble and you see other stories and experiences from other people, like you see how cool and beautiful it is. Like hearing your stories was so cool. Uh, like you met yesterday, you throw all these events for schools. Your dad was nearly an astronaut. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, there's this girl at one of the other yes, uh, yesterday events. And she's served like two, two, she's Australian. She's served two years in the air defense in, in, in Syria. Uh, is this dude called Sebastian at another one of the other yes events. And, uh, he's working with NASA and Sachin. He was at the yes table. Uh, who's yep. a, who's a bodybuilder. And I was like, man, like this is so cool. Yeah. The, the diversity of perspectives and just, uh, the more I connect with a range of people. I just love it. It challenges the way you see the world and, and you just learn something else. And I feel like people are just very interesting as a whole. What I find really interesting about your journey from what you've shared with me today is like you've gone from being really shy in high school to now making friends with your customers at work. That's, that's such a crazy jump. So you spoke a little bit about it, but I'm keen to dig in more. What was it for you if we look at like the old version of you, which is Shine High School to like the current version, which is just like throwing these events and, and making friends with people that are your customers. What do you think kind of bridged the gap for you? Obviously, I guess from what you've said, part of it was finding yes theory, but yeah, what, what else made the difference? And I'm kind of keen to dig into that a bit more. There's actually a lot. I'll start off with a, um, <laughs> the funny story. I'll start off with that just to explain what I was like in high school. Um, okay. So it was this party in high school. I think we're in like year, year 12 at this point. So about four, four years ago, I think now. Uh, me and one of my friends were invited to this party. Uh, we, I, I didn't know anyone there, but everyone else was familiar with who we It was like a different high school when we got invited. So we went there. The whole night I was kind of just socializing with my friend because he's the only one that I knew. And then there was this girl there, right? Um, 
I knew her from from like a different school that I had visited before. And I used to have a massive crush on her, a massive one. The whole night, the whole night, she was trying to talk to me, like isolate me out and talk to me. But me being super shy, I could not say a word to a female. If a female even looked at me, I'd have a shutdown. I'd just die. Um, and the whole night, there's random people coming up. I'm like, hey, man, like she just told me she wants to talk to you. Go and talk to her. She's really interested. But the whole night, I was used. This is the this is the extent of how um, introverted I was. Despite people telling me she's interested, I wouldn't go up and talk to her at all. Uh, and then at a point, she actually pulled me out of my group. Yeah, I grabbed my arm. She was like, "Hey, let's take a photo together." Uh, and that's a cue. Like that's a hundred percent cue. She pulled me out. She's like, "Let's take a photo together." Um, me being high school me, I kept like a whole meter distance from her. I didn't like put my arm around her or anything in the photo. I've, I've still got the photo. It's so funny. I'm standing like a whole meter apart from her and you can just see my friend in the back going, you idiot, go stand next to her. Uh, as soon as the photo gets taken, I just walked right back to my friend. Uh, it gets worse. Same night. Uh, me and my friends, we were like, Hey man, let's, let's, it's going to drive. It's getting a bit dull. It's going a bit of a drive. Uh, cause I had just gotten a new car at this point. So we're going out, uh, and she's out on the front porch alone. She comes up to me and she's like, oh, where are you going? And I was like, oh, me and my friends is going to drive around for a little bit. And my friends got the queue. So they were like, they walked, they all walked back in, in the house. And she goes to me, oh, can I come with you since your friends aren't coming? And you know, that's the point. You're like, sure, hundred percent. Uh, but dude, I just laughed. I was like, ha ha ha. And I walked off and that wasn't intentional or anything. I just freaked out. Um, that's, it's bad. Hey, it's bad. Horrible. Um, that's how bad it was. Like I could not talk to a female. So that's what high school was like to that extent. Uh, but to now, other than yes, yes, you definitely had been moved back for the transformation. Uh, but other than that, my best friend in high school was, I think he's probably the most popular person in high school, which was really cool. Like, um, he was the most popular guy in high school was best friends with the most introverted person in high school. And he, oh, he has helped me so much to get out of that shell. But I think the most, I always wanted to be able to be charismatic like other people were. Always had this massive drive to be able to talk to people and just figure out other stories. Always had a drive to so just to see how other people were doing it and why I couldn't do it. And like, um, over the, over the last four years, I remember like constantly just being on YouTube and just watching videos on people giving advice on how to start conversations. Uh, and then about two, three years ago, I remember doing something really cool. It's a TED talk of a guy going, he was explaining on how you can build your confidence it's 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 more he said it relates more to not caring about what you're doing so much and i remember he said uh go to a random place and just lay down in public uh so me and one of my friends agreed to it so it was during christmas time when it was really packed in one of these shopping centers so we went there uh and we just laid down for a solid five minutes I've got the video and everything that it was, it was terrifying because people were just walking around going, what are they doing? Why are they just laying down now? But just seeing that like 1% of people who just laughed and cracked up, just felt good seeing that something so little and dumb just made, you just made someone's day. I think that's what really pushed me to be more and more charismatic. Yeah. Wow. So it was almost seeing that people come out. Maybe they were, maybe they weren't judging you, but instead of like you being intensely judged and people telling you off or whatever that would have looked like, people just found it funny. And you just being yourself and having fun actually lightened other people's moods and helped everyone else have a great day. Yeah, 100%. That's that was really, the best part, man. That's so cool. I've done a few things like that in public, uh, lying on the ground. Uh, I hopped up on a bench once in the city with my friend and we sang uh, what a wonderful world with horrible voices horrible <laughs> voices 
And some people uh, looked at us and laughed, and, and some people ignored us, and and sometimes people just moved a little bit to us singing. And then there was an old lady that walked past, stopped in front of us, and then started clapping <laughs> briefly. And that was really cool. But you start to realize, uh, at least I did, that people people are so focused on their own world that people don't care as much as you think they care. And yeah, yeah. when I'm, I'm so excited for you that you've kind of, um, it, it almost seems, obviously it's, it's a lifelong journey, but it seems like you've kind of unlocked, uh, maybe things you always wanted to be able to do and how like you seem really extroverted now. The fact that you're sharing some of the stuff you just shared about high school really surprises me. Uh, although I guess maybe I shouldn't be surprised because I was similar in terms of being really shy and going through really extroverted. Yeah, yeah. But I find it so cool that you went through everything you went through and you had all the challenges and you had kind of the tough times. But instead of just like going back into your shell, you just found a way to become more extroverted and to connect with people. Mm-hmm. And that behind that all was just the desire to like make people happier and, and, and just like lightens people's people's moods and bring people together. And with your like newfound ability, that's just what you've been dedicating it to. So that's yeah, really 100%, awesome. Man. It's just yeah. one. Yeah. No, no, sorry. I'll let you speak. I was just going to say, like, do you think that's always how you were in terms of that caring, uh, caringness, if that's even a word and that desire to positively impact people and that maybe when you were shy, it was just that you didn't feel like you were able to do that. Uh, or do you think that maybe that's also something that you developed over time? I think I always, um, back in my head, always did want to always do that. But, um, at that point being really shy and introverted, I couldn't really do much about it at that point. I, I do think I have picked up a lot of things on the way from getting to where I am right now. Um, picked up a lot of traits from other people who have helped me get areas or especially both of my best friends. I've picked up a lot of traits from them. But I think I always, ever since there, even before, like I'd say primary school is when I always, ever since then, always wanted to just make people laugh. In high school is when I kicked into high gear. It's just because, well, right now I feel like everyone's so sunk into their problems, especially with smartphones and social media. Everyone, wherever you go, everyone's just so sunk into their phones and social media that no one really looks up for social interaction anymore with, with new people. And when I hear stories from cousins who are a lot older, uh, who were, who were in their twenties and they're in the two thousands, early two thousands, one of my cousins is, is a big part of this. And he always tells me he was, um, he was raised in Canada in the early two thousands. He was, and he's like, uh, at this point, phones weren't that big. There was no social media or anything. And he's like, dude, like the only way. I learned to make friends was to go to a bar every night and just go and talk to random people. And he's like, everyone was really open to doing that because there was nothing else to do. Now I think it's, it's, it's cut down a lot just because we use our phones and social media, Tinder, uh, Spumble and stuff like that. So like it kind of takes away a lot of social interaction you can have in person. It's like you said before the podcast, like you'd rather have people in person because it's just a whole different experience. And ever since high school, I think I've always wanted to give myself and other people that and kind of push out the idea of how the world can be so much of a happier place than it is right now if we just decide to interact with strangers. And that's why I think I've always wanted to just make people happy and laugh even if it's just doing something really dumb is like laying down in the middle of a mall. I think that's where, that's where the whole backbone of it comes from. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. I, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. Then. I, I feel very moved by that. And yeah, I agree with you in terms of how important that is. Um, you know, I, I go on and off. I mean, some of the time I, 
really chatty to everyone around me. Other times I, I find it easy to uh, ignore strangers and just go about my life. And you know, I don't think we necessarily have to do it all the time and that it has to become <laughs> an obligation. But one of the things that I found is that so often people are really receptive to it. Not all the time. And, you know, a lot of the time people aren't, but people are often a lot more receptive to it than at least I would think some of the time. And so often, uh, when I seem to think that people are reserved or people don't want to have a conversation, that's more in my head than it is actually in reality. And once I say hi, once I, once I break the divide and start connecting, I find that people actually are a lot more open to conversations and connecting than I would have thought. Yeah. And, I, and it continues to astound me just how, how often my mental prediction of does someone want to have a conversation right now? Uh, can I interact with this person right now? It, it is wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, that's probably for me, just some of like my stuff around keeping myself safe and, and my emotional stuff. And I've kind of dealt with a lot of that and broken through it, but I just find it funny, man, how our, how our minds are just designed to keep us safe a lot of the time. And yeah, yeah. how, like, I genuinely believe that at the deepest level that the world's a friendly place and that some of the time we have barriers to experiencing that uh, both in terms of ourselves and, and other people, but deep down, like within everyone, it's just a desire to connect and a desire to help each other. I think that's kind of who we are as, as humans. Yeah. Hey, because if you, if you think about it, um, every single friend you have right now, closest friends, best friends, wife, husband, uh, girlfriend or boyfriend at a stage in your life, they were strangers. Literally. Yeah. 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 So what, it's what, cool. What makes the difference between like a stranger and then, and then a friend and why can't you blur that as a whole? Like, why can't you see someone on the street and just assume that they're going to be a friend as opposed to assuming like, Oh, this person looks different than me. This person clearly thinks different things about the world. Um, I've just got a, Phone call. If I put my phone to, so, uh, am I still there? You can still hear me. Yeah, I can still hear. Yeah. Uh, so I, I find that really interesting. And the thing I want to lean into with you now is like, I'm really curious because we both care about very similar things. We both seem to have very similar visions for our life. I want to talk about how you're approaching designing your future. And uh, I mean, let's just open it up to start off with. I may have asked you this on the night I met you, so forgive me if I'm asking twice. I'm just curious to hear, what would you do for the rest of your life if you could do absolutely anything? If money was no object and it wasn't possible to fail, what what kind of things would you do? What first comes to mind? Oh, if money wasn't a problem. Okay, awesome. Oh, dude, so many plans with that. I think, personally, I would have um, saying saying money and time isn't isn't a problem. I think I would have a lot of something I like that you mentioned at the party is you throw a lot of events for high schools and stuff with people you handpick that can inspire students. But I think it's super cool. I think if, if I had all the time and money in the world, I would be doing something similar to that, except with instead of, instead of careers in high schools, I would like to have just people meeting other people. So think of it like, you know, you know, um, I heart uni parties, right? I've heard of them. I've never been to them. I have neither actually either. It's, it's like a uni club in a way, uni clubbing experience. I think I would have something similar, not, not clubbing though. I think just some, I, I would really like to put a unique twist on these, on these events. So that was the whole point of like guest table as well, where it was just a random person to have sent into a restaurant with random strangers. I think that I would, I think I would be doing a lot of those on a bigger scale because the original plan for guest table was to actually do it in a park nearby my house. And I managed to get a whole permit and everything for it. And the plan was to have, yeah, man, I had to go back and forth with the council for weeks. They gave me the permit, but of course, the rain kind of threw it off the rails. The original plan was to have these 40 people from YesFam at this park. And I wanted to leave 20 other tables and seats. 
just by themselves at the, at the park. And the plan was to get at least 20 strangers off the street and the road just to come and join us as well. So that was the original idea, but of course we had to cut off that bit because of the rain. But I think if time and money wasn't a problem, I would definitely be doing a lot of that. Just travel around the world and get as many strangers to connect with each other. Because in the end, we're just a, well, the, the way I like to think of it, like everyone in the end is just a story. And the only way we can add more chapters to the story is by adding someone else's story to your story. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I, I love I love the depth that I never would have expected. I had no idea that you spent weeks going back and forth with the council to get a permit. I'm I'm very curious. I'm sure there's so many other things that you just work so hard on that me and other people that attended the event have no idea about. Wow. So what I'm hearing is a lot of stuff on connecting strangers. And what where I'd be keen to go with that is would you say that you're more interested in focusing on connecting strangers, say, that are already open-minded and open to meeting other people and open to the world being a friendly place and connecting and during events to bring those type of people together to share stories and add new chapters? Or are you more interested in taking strangers that are maybe kind of closed off at the moment that think, oh, I, I come from this set of beliefs and I can only interact with this type of people and feel shy or whatever it is for them and kind of gathering a group of those people together, or, or maybe it's both, but I'm curious to see what you have to say about that. I think it is a bit of both, but um, I think the main main goal for where it's it's fueled by was in, in high school, it was a massive struggle for me to make the friends that I did. It took me a long time to build up those friendships, and it was really tough being an introvert. And I kind of want to apply that same um, same idea to real life and adults and and of course break the stereotype that you shouldn't be talking to strangers or you shouldn't be friends with a stranger. I think like you said, it would definitely be trying to mix up people who are more closed off to those opened up people just to show them a different perspective of what you can achieve and get and how you can have such of these crazy experiences just if you just even if you open up your bubble a little bit. I think that would be the whole foundation behind it. What I'm what I'm realizing as well with what you're sharing is that it's not kind of a binary thing. It's not either you're infinitely open-minded or you're infinitely closed-minded. It's kind of a spectrum in it, right? And yeah, yeah. even at the event you threw, right, you get some people that are super open-minded like us, and then you get other people that are more closed-minded but still just enough open-minded that they decide why not? How about mm-hmm. I just come to this? I definitely spoke to a few people that were really debating and deliberating. Do I do I rock up? Do I not? Mm-hmm. Is it going to be weird? What kind of other people are going to be there? And it's almost like you can do throwing an event like that. You move everyone kind of along the journey a bit. And the really cool thing, the thing that I love about those types of events is that you can really easily build friendships for life. And People, you may not even know that as an event organizer, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, years down the track, people may still be friends. Or you may have ignited that one idea in someone that three years from now leads to them taking some action, which leads to starting a project which has a huge impact on the world. Or maybe two people down the track end up dating and getting married. Like you never know. Yeah, and it's yeah, just exactly. like this really cool thing where you're taking this brief window of time and you're looking at how can I take the time period of a couple of hours and do some really cool stuff with it that may echo into, into the lives of everyone that attends. It may echo into, into, you know, days, months, years and, uh, and decades. And I think that that's, that's really cool. I uh, really cool. What, what do you think is the biggest barrier for you? You just take it back to reality now that would stop you from actually building your life around that and having in some form that kind of thing be a sustainable source of income and, and, and be a way that, yeah, you can just build your life and, and you could just travel the world and you could just connect with people and throw things like that. Because you're obviously really good at it. You obviously know what you're doing. 
you know how you how to get help you know how to work hard and you obviously care like it's not just a thing that you're doing just because you think it could be a cool business idea it's it's for me it comes across as it's just a natural extension of who you are so what do you think would be the biggest obstacle uh, between where you are now which i'm not fully sure of but perspective of that and actually building your life around that oh 100 percent money 100 percent money um, but that's, that's what I'm trying to do. I've, all of my, both of my best friends know that, um, I, I am never, uh, I've, I've challenged myself to never work nine to five in a corporate job just because cool. I'm never going to have time to do these things. Cool. Um, so I've started up a lot of side businesses on the side just to be able to fund fund me so I can have financial freedom to actually do all of these things wherever I want to do them. And like, um, whenever I do do these, I, I hate making people pay because I feel like money becomes a bit of a, bit of a deterrent to these things. I feel like a lot of people, there was a couple of people who couldn't attend just because of the money issue. Um, and I feel like, being financially free will also take that away because the whole the whole point is to have every single type of person just come and connect and I want to remove every single obstacle that I can remove from getting all these people together um, but for me the biggest obstacle 100% would be would be money interesting and so it almost seems like the way you could overcome that, which you have been doing, is pursuing other side businesses, mm-hmm. which could make money, and then give you the freedom to be able to focus on something that maybe is fully impact-focused, and that you you literally, it's almost like you're spending money, you're going out of your way to remove obstacles, mm-hmm. even just recommending bus routes, uh, talking about picking people up. Yeah, I didn't, only reflecting now do I realize just how much you went out of your way to remove obstacles. So is that kind of how you see it going, pursuing other businesses and projects that can make money as a way to kind of feed into this sort of war? Yeah, 100%, 100%. And even with, even if I was to end up getting stuck in a nine-to-five corporate job for like 20 years, that's 20 years of time, that I'd be, I, I can't do this. And it, it there's a certain extent, there's going to be a certain age that I hit that I can't be doing. Can't be throwing or organizing these events anymore just because I'll have, so like, example, family or children later down the track. And that cuts away so much more time to be able to do these things. Because right now, I just hit 21 a couple of days ago. Yeah. So now I feel like is in the next 15, 10 to 15 years is when I have all the time to be able to do that. To all these events. Um, I'm actually trying to do something really cool for my, uh, 21st after quarantine ends. For sure. Um, I want to get at least 20 members, 20 people that came to, um, the yes table or maybe 10 people from yes table and then 10 total strangers that I'm just going to ask maybe customers or just people at a cafe or anything. You have to come. Yeah. You can't say no. I know you'll love it. You'll love the idea. Uh, it was, yeah, I'll be there. Dude, I'm in another such country. a cool idea, I'm man. It was originally meant to happen. Um, I think, yeah, we originally were meant to do it yesterday. We had a whole yeah. booking ready and everything. I was gonna, I hire, I was gonna hire this, um, lodge, like a massive lodge in a forest really far away from, from, um, the CBD. It was like a six hour drive. Yeah. And I had a, um, bus charter ready to go as well. It was a bus for 20 people. And I managed to get the host of the lodge to give me like a super cheap price. I told her the idea behind it. And I was like, hey, this is for my 21st and I want to get 20 random strangers. Um, this older woman, and she was so cool with it. She was like, yeah, it's totally fine. I trust you guys. She gave me a really good price and I was ready to go. We had buses ready to go. And the only thing was just getting 20 people on board within two weeks to go and do it. Uh, but when the virus thing started really escalating is when we all had to scrap all that. But um, I've kept in contact with the lady and I was like, hey, 
like, what if we do it in uh, three, four months? And she's like, look, just as long as you confirm with me before and I know that you're going to be with trustable people, it's totally cool. So once it does happen, once it does happen, I want to get 20 different people to just stay in this lodge for two days. Um, no phones, no nothing. Just, just be in the forest and do whatever you want. So cool. I, I feel like it reflects a lot of your underlying philosophies in terms of uh, being conscious of our relationship with technology, of uh, putting aside our differences and coming together, of an adventure, of strangers. That's really cool. And I want to come back to what you said earlier of how, you know, in 10, 15, 20 years, maybe you won't be able to throw this kind of thing because you might be tied up with family. You might need sources of income that are greater or, or whatever else comes up. You, you know how, uh, when we talk about events like the one you, you throw, the, the one you threw, the dinner party, how I was mentioning how it kind of has a ripple effect of mm-hmm. how people might become friends and that might continue afterwards, right? Mm-hmm. What I really see with you and these events or whatever you want to call them is you really creating them over the next couple of months, uh, once coronavirus passes, a mm, couple of years, maybe a decade or two. But what I see is a ripple effect where just like after you threw the dinner party, you didn't need to be involved in all the conversations that mm-hmm. I had to connect with people I met. They just kind of happened automatically. Where what you create is such a movement where you maybe no longer even need to be involved on a day-to-day basis because it just yeah, happened yeah, itself. Yeah. And maybe you're overseeing things. Maybe you're helping in a strategic direction. Uh, maybe other people are throwing things. But I totally see right now, you know, a, a bunch of kids, maybe they're just in primary school right now. And maybe they're, they're a little bit shy, a little bit nervous. Or maybe it's people that are already at the, the end of their 20s or early 30s and kind of questioning and struggling with how to go about life. Or maybe it's people that are 50 and, and do have it figured out. But I see... Those people from all around the world, and I totally see it in the next couple of years and maybe five, even 10 years down the track, people like that all connecting. Maybe it's through a bunch of dinners. Maybe it's through yeah, a bunch of experiences. But I totally see you being able to be behind something like that and making it happen and leading some form of movement that's happening automatically where you don't need to be involved. And uh, yeah, man, like I, I really believe in you at a deep level. Like I, it seems like to me like you have a skill set, like an entrepreneurial skill set, and just as important, or maybe even more important, you actually care. And I'm I'm really keen to follow follow along your journey from here. I feel very inspired. Thank you, you. thank so, you. Excited, man. No, 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 man. Keen, yeah, keen man. for the the forest forest lodge and how that goes. Yeah. So maybe we can start wrapping up soon. But before then. Let's talk about like where you're at right now a little bit more because I'm keen to understand that further. So you, you've obviously finished high school because you're 21 and because you're no longer shy. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you work in the pharmacy and like what else, what else do you do with your life on a day to day basis? Full time uni at the moment doing, um, business analytics. That's, that's more towards, um, I guess it's a good backup option just in case the entrepreneurial side doesn't work. But um like I'm 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 certain the entrepreneurial side is where, where I wanna be and make it work. Luckily enough, my dad uh dad has never worked nine to five. He's always he's always um had his own businesses running in uh, so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's he's a massive help, he knows how everything works. Uh it's really cool actually. All my dad has two more brothers and Neither of them have actually worked nine to five too. They've, they've all done businesses. Uh, and they've actually raised them from nothing to actually really good big, big businesses. So I have, I do have a lot of support behind that if I need any help with it. So I'm fairly certain like that, that would 100% work. How do you feel? You know, I know you mentioned university is a backup plan. <laughs> I have my views on that, but I won't get into it, but I'm keen to hear like, do you feel like what you're learning at university is really useful for where you see your life heading or <laughs> are you not picking up too much? There's, there's, there's certain things that I've learned at, at uni in my degree that have helped me in my businesses. But of course, 
I'd say like 70 to 80% isn't, isn't really the most helpful in towards where I want to go. Uh, the social aspect has helped a bit too at uni. And just meeting like different, different students of different ages and different places, different countries, doing different degrees. That does help a lot too, just trying to understand people. But in terms of uni work, it's, it's, it's like strictly a backup plan. I know a lot of people don't agree with having a backup plan, but I, I see what I'm doing, trying to get to as a, as a bit of a risky path. With, especially with entrepreneurship, it's nothing, nothing's ever guaranteed. It's always, it's always really, and I've lost a lot of money doing certain businesses and gained a lot of money doing certain <laughs> ones. Yep. Yeah. Um, that's how it goes. Always, always. Uh, so I think with uni, it's no, it's nothing, nothing like 80% of what I'm learning there isn't really toward aiming towards where I want to be. But, uh, um, if everything somehow turns out to fail, like that's, that's the backup. That's the backup to go to. Just another, just another card in the deck I have just in case I need it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, that's, that's really interesting. How much time you spend on a day to day basis? Or maybe a week to week basis is, is a better, uh, analogy on entrepreneurship related activities, be it side hustles, oh, be it maybe things that won't make so as much, much money, but are still creative pursuits like, like the event. Is it a lot at the moment? Uh, a lot. Oh, entrepreneurial stuff. It's, I'd say every day, at least, at least, say if I'm awake from seven to 10, um, at least nine, 10 hours a day. It's Whoa. just, how is that time spent across? Do you have a bunch of core projects? Is that spent executing? Are you spending a bunch of that time learning, listening to podcasts, reading books? Are you spending it talking to mentors, talking to your dad? How does that allocation break down, would you say? Um, majority of it is, uh, just executing things that I've learned. Uh, so there's, there's a couple of side businesses that I'm running and then the most current one that I'm trying to build up is, with three of my friends, we're trying to build a whole brand around just things that we're really passionate about. So at the moment, that that takes about five, six hours a day just to work on that. I think learning was a big, um, not not so much anymore because I, I spent a lot of time last year, six, seven hours a day, any spare time, just focusing on learning on uh, stuff that I really need to be running these businesses. Yeah. Uh, with my dad, it's more so if I'm really stuck at something is when I'll go and approach him. Until then, I'll try to figure everything out by myself. But if something, a problem does arise, I have no idea what I have to do. He's more so last resort. Because I, I, I do want to, whenever I do want to do my businesses, I kind of want to be able to say, yeah, I did it all by myself. So with my dad is yeah. if I'm ever really stuck is when I'll go up to him like, Hey, like I really need help. I don't know what to do here. And that's when he comes in. Um, but I think right now at the moment for the last few months, it's just been eight, nine hours of just executing things, getting things done, building websites, manufacturers. There's, there's a lot to go into it. But um, I think within a couple of weeks, I should have a lot more free time to figure out more things like the guest table. There's another one coming. There's another thing coming. Great. Uh, I'll, I'll be there, man. Um, 100%. I'm definitely sold on your events. I'm, I'm, uh, I would happily go out of my way to do whatever it takes to make one of them just because you do such a great job of them and, and there's so much fun. Thank um, you. thank you. Cool. There's one more question I want to ask, which I, I think I roughly know the answer to, but let's roll with it anyway, which is if you could have the world look, any way at all, like it's a completely blank ender. In a thousand years from now, because of how you lived your life, how would you like the world to look? Oh, that's a, that's a good good question. Um, I'd say <laughs> this is a bit of a weird answer, but I'm going to say without phones and social media, just because I feel like just removing phones, social media for even one day. Okay, if you look at quarantine at the moment, like the whole world's pretty much in quarantine and, and Sydney's been in quarantine, strict quarantine for like less than a week now. It's only been like five, six days. Um, and you just see 
everyone posting about how they miss social interaction with their friends. And I feel like if you were to take away phones and social media, you would have so much more organic, just social interaction from day to day. Just like my cousin said there was in the 2000s where everyone would just talk to everyone in the bar. So in a thousand years, I feel like, I hope so, phones and social media become a lesser thing where we, if we want to interact with someone, we don't call them or text them. Instead, we go up and actually meet them in person. That's the way to catch up with people. I think in an ideal world, I would, I would prefer like racial segmentation to be removed as well, where certain groups will just talk to certain groups that are like them or look like them or talk like them. Um, gender stereotypes and, uh, segregation corner as well. So I think the whole premise is kind of just based on my experience around high school. All right. Or of just, I just want people to be interacting with other people. Not, not all the time, of course, because that's exhausting, but I feel like what I, what I would want in a thousand years is just the world to be interactive with each other, like every single person just trying their best to get along with the other person and having fun with it. Cause I think that's the most important bit. Why, why do you think people getting along, uh, connecting and having fun, but especially why do you think people connecting, uh, and coming together? Why do you think that's so important? Cause if you look at, look at, um, Look at yes table of it when you look at yes table of how because it was it's quite a diverse group of people that came to yes table um, ages and ethnicities and backgrounds of and work and where people live and where they came from and you just look at how everyone got along and the vibe just quickly changed and clicked of how it just changed to from. It went from just a little idea of getting people together to just a whole, to like a whole vibe of just people getting along and how chill everything was. So I think the whole premise, sorry, I rambled on a little bit. So, um, no, not at all. Yeah. I think in the end, why I wanted that way is just kind of because I just think the world will be a lot more easier for people like me, how it was during high school. Cause I know some people, a lot of people go through what I did during high school. And it's not anyone's fault. Of course. It's just, um, it's just how it is at times. I just feel like it would be so much easier for people in, in general, it, just life. If, if everyone got along with each other and just networked with each other. Good. Awesome. That's beautiful. I I definitely agree with that wholeheartedly. And yeah, man, it's been so great having you on the no, dude, podcast. Thank you for, thank you for uh, having me. If you enjoyed this conversation with Raj, there's no need to add him on social media. Rather, who in your life is similar to him or maybe very different from him? If you're up for it, it's now your turn to have a conversation. And if you need someone to connect with, head to hellostranger.fm slash connect to get matched with another random listener somewhere in the world. Remember, on the other side of hello, anything is possible. Thanks so much for listening. You can subscribe to Hello Stranger on wherever you get your podcasts. You can also stay in the loop on Instagram at Hello Stranger Podcast. One word, no dots or dashes. With all that said, here's a preview of my conversation with Stephen, and I'll see you then. Yeah, man, <laughs> there's some kid right now in Arkansas, maybe he's 10, or maybe he's 20, maybe he's 30, 40, 50, 60, you can pick whatever age you want, but uh, you're going to impact him in some way, and what what does that impact look like, and what does it mean to you, and why do you care about it? Okay, so to me, what that looks like is that person running up to you with the biggest smile on their face, and giving you the biggest hug, and the most lovable hug ever. That's impact. That is someone who is literally willing to like 
you, you've changed them so much in such a positive way that they're willing to give you something so intimate. They're, they're essentially like giving their whole body all their energy towards you in their thank you, which is a hug. And but not just any hug, like like a hug, you know, when you when you meet a, meet someone, but a real hug. Like I'm talking about a hug where where you squeeze and you smile and you dig your face into the other person's shoulder. That's to me, that's impact. Like you know, you've made a difference in that person's life when they come to you with that sort of emotion. Mm-hmm.